Hello, and welcome to the Sapona Road Church Podcast. Today is a great day. It's the day that the Lord has made, and we are excited that you've taken time to join with us as we hear from God's Word. We exist as a church to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope that today's message encourages and blesses you and helps you to grow and mature in your walk and relationship with Him. The Word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message. Last week, I started talking about the, the characteristics of being filled and uh, about the Holy Spirit. And so today, I want to follow that up and talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit and uh, hopefully try to bring it up maybe a little bit different. Uh, and I'm just going to do my best to share uh, my, my heart on it with you today because this, there's so much controversy around this when it comes to the, to the church world. And so I'm going to read from Acts uh, chapter 1. And starting in verse 1, it says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day in which he was taken to uh, taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or signs which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. So, Father, we just thank you for your word. We just ask your blessing upon this message and your people in Jesus' name. Amen. So I wanted to use this scripture uh, for this message because a lot of times uh, there are a lot of people out there that do not believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And uh, they'll say that uh, you get the Holy Spirit when you uh, become a Christian, when you accept Jesus, and that that's all that there is. There's, there's nothing more. And yes, it is Holy Spirit that draws you and does the regeneration process and uh, is, is in you, but at the same time, it's not the same thing as the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And uh, here's how I, why I wanted to use this scripture. Uh, we know that the Bible tells us in Romans that uh, in order to be saved, you have to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, as him, him Lord and Savior, and that you have to believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. So now here we have the disciples... And they, they've confessed that Jesus is Lord. They've confessed that He's Messiah. And I would think that now He's been risen from the dead for 40 days and they've actually spent time with Him. They, they, might, they might actually believe that God had raised Him from the dead since they physically saw Him raised from the dead. 
that'd be pretty good enough proof for me. I think it would be for, for you too. So we know that they've confessed him as Lord and we know that they believe that God raised him from the dead because he's actually there spending time with them raised from the dead. So this would mean that for all accounts, they have experienced salvation. They believe, they've confessed him as Messiah. They believe that God raised him from the dead, but yet Jesus tells them that they need to wait. He tells them that there's more, that they're going to be endued with power, that the Holy Spirit's going to come upon them. And, that, and, and so you get into a lot of this. Uh, for some reason, people don't think they need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it's one of those things, I don't need the Holy Spirit to get to heaven, but Jesus said you need the Holy Spirit to be the witness that he's called you to be. And so uh, that's what my little lesson for is right here. Let's just suppose that I was going to ask you to build me a wooden deck at my house. And I want it all done with screws because there's nothing worse than walking across a wooden deck barefooted and the sun has pulled out one of those nails and you hit it just right. And so uh, this, these are your two options. You can use this or you can use a screwdriver to build that whole deck. There's not a person in here that's going to choose that screwdriver and have carpal tunnel by the time they get done and not be able to open their hand. Everybody's going to say, give me the, give me the power. That's what they're going to want. Well, in, in a sense, that's what Jesus was telling the disciples. They're ready to get things going. They're ready to bring in and restore and establish the kingdom. All he's, wait, you're, you're going to need this power. There's some things that you may be able to do on your own, but when it comes to actually doing what I'm calling you to do, it's so big, it's so amazing, you're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. And so what I, the point, I, quick point I want to make to get you to understand this is that as crazy as this seems, that anybody would choose this to build my wood deck, my 12 by 12 wooden deck, it's even more crazy for a Christian to not choose to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with it being available. To choose to go through this life without Holy Spirit, uh, you choose to do it, is more insane than the person who would build the deck with the screwdriver. Because God has given us Holy Spirit for a reason. And like we talked about uh, last week, Holy Spirit is God. And so there, but, but unfortunately, there are a lot of people that they do not believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They don't, they don't believe in being, uh, having that power of God in their lives. And, and many of them will use the uh, book of Ephesians to argue this. I used Ephesians last week to talk about the characteristics of being filled. Uh, they will use, uh, I used Ephesians 5. They'll use Ephesians 4 to say that there's not a baptism. In verse 4 it says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called, in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And so they'll use this scripture and they'll say, it's right there plain as day. There's only one baptism. So there can't be a baptism in, in the Holy Spirit. But if uh, you look at, put that scripture up one more time for me, Brian. That's good right there. Any of, any of them from Ephesians. It also says that there's one God. Oh, yeah, you got the right one. Good job. It says there's, there's one God. But we believe in what? We believe in the Trinity. We believe in one God existing in three persons or existing, if you will, in three expressions, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so 
these verses actually point to it. So let's start from the beginning, Brian. If you see this, it says there's one body, there's one spirit, and then there's, it says there's uh, one hope of your calling, there's one Lord, which is Jesus, and then it says there's one God and Father of all. So even in this verse, it shows the three expressions of the one God. And so Holy Spirit is one-third of the Godhead, one-third of the Trinity. And if there can be three in one when it comes to God, why can't there be more multiple expressions when it comes to one baptism? See, most people that say that they only believe in one baptism, most people that are very dogmatic about it, if you talk to them long enough, they have no problem admitting that they actually believe in two. See, because they have no problem with accepting the baptism of salvation and water baptism. Now, if there's, only one, if there's only one baptism, there should only be one baptism. But they're okay with two. And, but the, for some reason, they will not accept Holy Spirit. It's kind of like what I talked about last week. We're okay with a relationship with Father God. We're okay with a relationship with Jesus. But with, when it comes to relationship with Holy Spirit, people start getting weirded out for some reason. But if there can be one God in three expressions, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, why can't there be a baptism in three expressions? Salvation, water baptism, and baptism in the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, it says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Read the last part again. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. That looks like three baptisms to me. And we know that the Old Testament foreshadows everything. Okay? And so Moses is a type and shadow of Christ. He's a type of, of, of Jesus. And so when it says he, they were baptized uh, into Moses, that is uh, foreshadowing the baptism of salvation, being born again. And then when it says they passed through the sea, that would be the Red Sea, uh, that they came through uh, running from Pharaoh and his army, and that's a type of water baptism. And then it says that they were in the cloud, and the cloud represents the Holy Spirit, the cloud that led them uh, through the wilderness. So this would be a type in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, Holy Spirit is God. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit is very important for every believer. In John chapter 14, verse 8, it says, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I not been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen, seen me has seen the Father, so how can you say, Show us the Father? So Jesus is saying, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, because I'm an exact representation of the Father. It's what Jesus came to do. He came to reveal the Father and restore our relationship with Him. And so if you keep reading in uh, John 14, it says this in verse 15. It says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper, that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. So in this scripture where it says the word another, where it's talking about another helper, that means another of the same kind. Jesus would, would the Father would send uh, the Comforter and He would be another just like Jesus. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like when you're trying to get something out of a vending machine and you don't have a straight dollar in your wallet. 
And so you, may, you might even find a total stranger that's near that vending machine and you swap them your wrinkled dollar for their crisp new dollar. Nobody's upset. Nobody feels shorted. Nobody feels like they were taken advantage of because you just traded something that was the same thing. It's the same value. That's what Jesus was saying was going to take place. They were going to send, the Father would send another helper, another like Jesus. And then over in John 16, verse 7, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. See, Jesus came that we could be saved and that we could be restored to the Father, but He went away so that we could be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Why wouldn't we want the power? Why would we just act like it doesn't exist? He goes on to say in verse 13 of, of John 16, However, when the uh, Holy Spirit of truth has come, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit is, is God. He's part of the Godhead. And the gift of the Holy Spirit that we've been given is an amazing gift that we all should receive in our lives. We need the gifts of the Spirit operating in our lives. We need the gifts of the Spirit operating in our churches. And so real quick, I'm going to go over them right fast while we're, while we're doing this. Uh, there are nine gifts of the Spirit. Most people break them down in three categories of three. And there are three that reveal something, there are three that do something, and three that say something. And so the three that reveal something are the revelation gifts or word of wisdom, which is the revealing of, a prophetic, of the prophetic future under the anointing of God. Word of knowledge is the revealing of a fact in existence, either past or present, that could only be supernaturally revealed. And then there's discerning of spirits, which is not discerning, discerning of people. It's discerning of spirits. The gifts that do something are, are the people call the power gifts. You have the gift of faith as God's bringing to pass a supernatural change and no human effort is involved. The gift of working of miracles is a person doing a supernatural act by the divine energy and power of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of healings is when God supernaturally heals the sick through a person anointed by the Holy Spirit. Then we have the gifts that say something, or, the, or you could call the inspirational gifts. We have the gift of tongues. It's a message given by a person by the power of the Holy Spirit in a language never learned by the speaker, nor understood in the mind of the speaker, because it's from the Spirit. And it's not necessarily understood by the hearer either. And so when you have the message in tongues, you get to the second one, the interpretation of tongues. This is when the message that's been given in another language is interpreted supernaturally by the Holy Spirit through another person, without that person's mental faculties even being involved. And then we have the gift of prophecy. And it's the anointed speaking forth of words of edification, exhortation, and comfort. So these are amazing gifts that we've been given that most churches aren't functioning in. And they're not receiving the benefit of them because we've been given these through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But so many places the Holy Spirit's not even allowed to show up, much less move like he wants to. And so many of these gifts operate hand in hand, so you may disagree with my definitions a little bit. Yours may be a little different, but, but that's okay because someone can be uh, operating in the gift of prophecy, and, uh, and so they're, uh, 
uh, different than a prophet, but they're operating the gift of prophecy, so they're exhorting and they're encouraging someone, and all of a sudden they're given a word of wisdom, and so they talk about something that's to come, or, or someone can be operating in words of knowledge, and, and it, it lifts someone's faith, and they go from knowing something, maybe God shows them something going on in someone's life, and a gift of healing takes place, or a miracle takes place. And so they, they go hand in hand, so some of the definitions can, get, can change a little bit depending on who you ask, but we need these gifts operating in our lives and in our churches and in our cities. I know I have not operated in all these gifts of the Spirit in my life, so I'm not trying to act like I have all the answers. I'm, uh, I don't know all there is to know. I'm just sharing with you from my, my heart today on what I do know. That's what uh, uh, Pastor Thurman told me. He was telling me his first time speaking at a church, and the preacher got up and said, uh, uh, this guy doesn't know much, but y'all pray for him while he preaches. He said it was hard to follow that, but he got up and said, I don't know much, but what I know, I flat know it. <laughs> and he said it went pretty well. So I'm, I'm sticking with that one today. I don't, might not know much, but I'm trying to give you what I, what I know. But I do know that Jesus said it was to our advantage that he went away so the helper would come. And I need all the help I can get. And I'm not going to say some of y'all need more help than me, but I think there's plenty here that you need as much as I do. And so in order for us to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, we must first be baptized in the Holy Spirit. God cannot, can do anything He wants. The Holy Spirit can move upon certain people for certain times and certain things. But if you're going to continually operate in the gifts of the Spirit, you're going to need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need the Spirit in your life. That's the only prerequisite to operating in the gifts. And the only prerequisite to uh, being baptized or filled with the Spirit is to be a believer and to be born again. A lot of people try to add a lot of stuff to that, but that's it. You just have to be born again. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young, how young you are. It doesn't matter if you've been saved 20 years, 20 minutes, or 20 seconds. It doesn't matter. If you're born again, then you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some people get caught all up in thinking that they have to be perfect, and it just, he's the helper. The reason you can't be perfect is you need help. Why do you have to be perfect before you can get the help that you need that's going to help you be perfect in Christ? It doesn't make any sense. But people, so a lot of things that happen is just stuff that we, we, we pick up and we begin, we set it as a belief system in our, in our mind. So I just want to share a little bit about uh, kind of a testimony, but, but we're going to give an opportunity for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And for people that if you have not, um, if you haven't yielded yourself to the Spirit in a while, uh, I'd say if, you had just, if, if it hasn't been in the last few days, then you need a refilling like we talked about uh, last week. But, but me personally, I have went through all kinds of prayer lines trying to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've been spit on, jerked, shook, even slapped. That's <laughs> not a joke. I've been slapped. Um, I don't know what he thought he was going to lose in me, but... Uh, he, he really just was loosening my temper, but, but, but I got slapped a few times. And, but, I would, but aside from the craziness that other people did, let's don't worry. We, sometimes we get too caught up in other people's crazy. The craziness that I was doing is I didn't understand. Sometimes there's not enough instruction uh, given, and it's like I just spent the whole time in the altar begging God. God, please fill me with your spirit. God, please give me the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And 
the baptism of the Holy Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost. It's already been poured out. He's already been given. We just have to receive it. Now, sometimes that's hard for us to do, but uh, that's why we got to be childlike. Now in here, if I started trying to hand out $20 bills, some of y'all would turn me down, even if you don't even have lunch money today. And you're going to have to go home and eat a sandwich. You would still turn down my $20 bill. But if I went over next door, I would be back real fast broke. They would take every dollar I had. A kid doesn't have a problem receiving. And sometimes it's, it's difficult for us. Man, I'm struggling, I'm struggling uh, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. No, you're struggling receiving. It's already been poured out. The Father wants you to receive this gift. And so we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, another thing you need to know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit as far as the speaking in tongues, and it's different than operating in the gift of tongues but, uh, or a prayer language, if you want to call it that, is you do the speaking. The Holy Spirit gives the utterance, but you speak it in faith. I thought I was supposed to go get in line and get knocked in the head and it just happen. That I, didn't, I would lose all control as soon as I opened my mouth. That's not the way it that it works. Now, there are those moments you get lost in worship, you get lost in the presence of God, and it seems that way, but that's because that person is yielding to the Spirit of the Lord uh, in, in, in such a way. The Holy Spirit gives the utterance, but you have to speak it in faith. And that's not what a lot of people expect. They just expect God to start speaking through them. But you, you got to think, if I were to come up to you and uh, give you a prophetic word, you wouldn't walk away and tell everybody and say, Man, you should have heard the Holy Spirit speaking through Aaron. You would say, no, Aaron gave me a prophetic word as he felt led by the Holy Spirit. It's the same thing. I'm just going to be doing it in a heavenly language when I, when I operate in the, uh, speaking in tongues. It, it, I'm speaking it. It's from the Holy Spirit, but I have to speak it. He doesn't just gonna, it's not just going to fly out of me. It, it, it would be nice if it worked that way and some people would get the gift of giving and it would just come flying out of their pockets when they walked in the church. But it don't, you got to put your hand in there and grab something. That's the, way that it, that, the way that it works. So when the Holy Spirit moves upon you, you have to lift up your voice by an act of faith and speak it out. Acts 2, 4 says, And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 10, 46, and for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Acts 19, 6, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. We do the speaking. The Spirit gives the utterance. It's the, it's, it's the way that it works. And... Um, I haven't really talked to a lot of large groups when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I have spoken with some people individually, mostly uh, teenagers. And uh, so I'm going to, this is kind of how the conversation would go with them because there's a lot of people, you don't know what you don't know. You can't help what you don't know. It is what it is. So we're gonna, I'm going to take it from that standpoint like none of us know. And it's the first time you're ever hearing about this. And... So I would tell them, first thing I would ask them, I would say, hey, do you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Now, these are teenagers, so uh, they, you know, they say what they're thinking. We give the politically correct answer, and even though we're thinking just like them in our head. And they would say, I guess so. 
And I said, okay, well, let's go ahead and stop right now. And they said, why? I said, because you can't guess about this. This is the gift you should want. If you don't want it, then we don't need to go any further. Do you want it or not? And they'll start laughing then and they'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, I want it. I said, okay, the next thing you need to expect, because like I said, my expectations caused me to go years letting people spit and slap, on, slap me in prayer lines because I didn't understand. And, I, and, and the other thing, I, I thought I heard these stories. I was actually in a prayer line one time, and I, man, I, th I thought this is the night. And then this guy, he says, he don't give me any instruction. He don't try to help me in any way. But he says this, he says, don't worry, brother. If it takes all night, I'm right here with you. And I thought, my God, I want to go home. I didn't want to stay there all night. But it created this expectation in my mind. I just thought they're never going to let me leave. I thought about doing a courtesy flop, but instead I just stood there till he finally, he, he didn't tell me the truth. He got tired and left me alone after a little while and I snuck back to my seat. But, but you know, there's this expectation. And if, hey, if you were in the altar for eight hours straight when you were baptizing the Holy Spirit, that's fine. I'm just glad you get baptized. But don't expect it to take long. He's already been poured out. It's as quickly as you can reach out and receive it. That's all that it takes. Okay? And then uh, another one that I would struggle with is I've asked the Lord to fill me with the Holy Spirit. And I would be just so worried that something strange was going to happen and it wouldn't be God. Has anybody ever had that fear when you're in a prayer line? So you don't have to worry about that. You, when the Holy Spirit starts to, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit does give you those, and, th and remember, it doesn't have to be that you take off uh, speaking like crazy. It, it's going to be syllables. And they might sound ridiculous, but that doesn't matter. It's beside the point. You don't have to worry about it being from God because Luke 11 verse 11 tells us, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? If he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? If you're asking the Lord to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you don't have to worry. He's a good God. He's a good Father. He's not going to let something else come along and take advantage of you. Okay? The other thing is that you have to expect to speak in tongues. Now, this gets really messed up because you wind up with altars full of people praying to speak in tongues instead of praying to receive the Holy Spirit. There's a huge difference. That first scripture I read said, and they were filled with the Spirit and spoke in tongues. It didn't say they spoke in tongues and then got filled with the Spirit. And so you get a lot of people praying for a tongue instead of praying. It's like what I said last week. The characteristic of being filled is you're full. The characteristic of being full is you're overflowing. Now, speaking in tongues is an outward evidence to other people. They can see that the Spirit is moving upon you. And, and if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, He's going to give you uh, syllables are going to come to your heart and to your mind but you still have to yield and speak it out. And that's one of the things that uh, I, I, I struggled with um, because uh, I would say that when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit was on such and such a day at this, at this church. But 
actually, the more that I studied and began to realize that's not the, the truth. Uh, I received the Holy Spirit long before then. Just that night is the night that I had a, an encounter with Holy Spirit and where I was yielded to the point I just let go of everything. Because for months before that ever happened, I, I, I had prayed for the Holy Spirit and I got to a place I had learned. I had had some uh, ministers help me and educate me. And I had gotten to the place where I had quit asking the Lord for the Holy Spirit because if you ask me, if you, if you ask me for a dollar and I give it to you, why would you keep asking me? Pretty soon I'm going to think you're crazy and I'm going to move on somewhere else because uh, um, you give me a dollar. I just gave you. I just gave it to you. It's right there. It's right there. It's right there. And so I just began to spend my time when they were having their prayer lines and other people were getting spit on and slapped. I just would stay and I would just thank the Lord for filling me. God, thank you for filling me with your Holy Spirit. And that began to help me to yield to the Holy Spirit to the point that I, 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 was, I would be at, uh, at the house by myself or at night, Heather's asleep. And I would just say, Lord, I just want to yield myself to you and I'm, gonna, I, I'm yielding myself to you, Holy Spirit. But I still had that fear in me and I'd say, God, if this isn't of you, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I need to go for it. I know, I'm not saying this is biblical. I'm saying this is what I did. And uh, I would, I would uh, a couple of syllables might would come out. Well, you know what the enemy's going to do. He told me it was just me and then I, was being, I sounded like a fool and all those kind of things. And so that's what I passed it off as. But what I was doing is I was yielding more and more, little by little. Because some of us are, hey, I'm pretty bound up in fear sometimes about some things. I don't know about you. But the fear of man can be strong. The fear of religion can be, can be rough at times. And so uh, uh, what happened is over time is I was yielding myself more and more, and then I had an encounter. And so what I, what I try to tell people when, uh, when I'm speaking with them on the Holy Spirit is that expect to speak in tongues. And see, when you do, as you speak it out in faith, you're releasing God's power from within, and you're building yourself up in the Spirit. That's what the Bible tells us. And you need that. And uh, the, the, the thing about it is, and I even tell some of them, I say, okay, because they're so scared, they're so caught up in everything, I said, it's this simple. When we finish praying this prayer of receiving the Holy Spirit, just stop talking in English. I know that sounds weird, but I said, stop long enough to give the Spirit a moment to speak to your heart. Because, see, when you receive the Holy Spirit, those syllables are going to come up, whether it's instantly, whether it's a couple hours later. At some point, if you're after the God, he, the Holy Spirit wants to, uh, wants to empower you, wants to build you up. So that, that's how you do it. Praying in your prayer language builds you up. It edifies yourself. He wants to build you up. So it's, it's going to happen. But you have to speak it out in faith because here's the thing. A lot of people, when they receive the baptism, sometimes it is a huge emotional thing. I mean, man, the power could be, could be a very pumped-up revival service, but it doesn't have to be. God can do what He wants to do. And what I come to find out is I thought that night was, the, oh, that's the night I got baptized in the Spirit. I know better now, but that's the night I got baptized in the Spirit. I thought it would always be that easy. Guess what happened a few days later? It won't easy. 
So you, you might get law, uh, kind of lost in the moment of worshiping and praising God and it flow out of you. But whether it's when you receive the baptism or whether it's a month later, there's going to come a time where you just have to yield yourself to the Spirit and speak it out in faith. And you're going to have to face that fear of man and you're going to have to face that fear of religion and you're going to have to face that lie of the enemy. Because the next thing I would always ask them before we'd even pray, I'd say, hey, when you woke up this morning, did the devil tell you that you didn't have the Holy Spirit? And they'll usually laugh and say, no, why? I said, because what do you, when he does it tomorrow, know that he's lying. And I said, would he have any reason to tell you you didn't receive the Holy Spirit if you really didn't? Well, no. I said, yeah, that's why he didn't tell you this morning, because you haven't received the Holy Spirit yet. Tomorrow after you've received it, he's going to tell you you didn't, because that's what he does. <laughs> that's his job. See, and we have to realize that when it comes to receiving the Holy Spirit, that it's just as simple as receiving the gift of salvation, really. When people are saved, it happens all kinds of different ways. Some people are yelling and screaming in the altar. They're wailing like they're in pain. Some people are laughing and filled with joy. Some people are just silent. And you know what? I've come to find out of all the years of being in church, there is no way to tell out of those responses of the people who really got it and who didn't. If you've been around long enough, you've seen it too. Some of the ones that you, you even wondered, man, did they really get saved? And you just, God just does something amazing in their life. So we get so caught up in some of the stuff of it having to be a certain way, but it doesn't. If it happens that way, that's great. And I do believe that as you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, once you're filled, that sooner or later you are going to have that encounter. You are going to have that moment where you're lost in His presence and you yield yourself and the Holy Spirit just does amazing things uh, in you and through you. I believe it's going to happen. I'm just saying don't get so caught up in the manifestation that you forget what you're praying about. You're praying to receive the Holy Spirit. And the Bible tells if you believe that you've received when you pray, then you have. And so when you pray a prayer to receive the Holy Spirit and you believe that, that the Lord has poured the Holy Spirit out and that you're going to receive it, it's done. You accept that by faith just like you do receiving Christ. But then you have to yield yourself to the Spirit. And I do believe in speaking in tongues as evidence of uh, being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But it's an outward evidence. It's an ev evidence to you too, but the number one evidence is that you're filled. Do I need to pick up the drill again? You want this power. I'll just point to it again. You want this power. You should want this power. If you don't, then, then something's just not right. It's, 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 it's a fear of man or it's wrong teaching somewhere along the line. If you don't want what Jesus went away so that we could have. So, Father, we just thank you for this day. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you in this place we love you Lord and so we're just going to do this prayer together all of us it says Father I just recognize my need for your power to live the, the life that you've given me Father I just ask that you fill me with your Holy Spirit by faith, I receive it right now. Thank you for baptizing me. 
Holy Spirit, you are welcome in my life. I know that sounds simple, but it's just that simple if you mean it and you believe it. Lord, we thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit, God. Lord, we just thank you again for your presence in this place. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, and we just thank you for being with us today, God. Lord, I just pray that we would just start seeing more and more people filled with your presence, filled with your spirit, God. Lord, help us to go after you like never before, God. And I just pray blessings over every person in this house today, God. We give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. If you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at saponaroadchurch.com. If you are local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, our meeting times are 1045 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7 o'clock p.m. Wednesdays for our connect groups. From all of us here at Sapona Road Church, we hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.